Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Professor Paul H. Patterson will join us to discuss infectious behavior. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. the Grox Science Show. Well, the involvement of the immune system in autism, schizophrenia, and major depressive disorder continues to be a subject of interest in the scientific community. And although genetic approaches to these diseases have garnered the lion's share of publicity, scientists are uncovering evidence of the important avenues of communication between the brain and the immune system and their involvement in mental illness. Joining us today to discuss this issue is Professor Paul H. Patterson. Professor Patterson is a developmental neurobiologist. He is the Ann P. and Benjamin R. Biagini Professor of Biological Sciences at the California Institute of Technology and a research professor of neurological surgery at the University of Southern California's Keck School of Medicine. He is co-author with Alan Brown of The Origins of Schizophrenia and his new book, Infectious Behavior, Brain Immune Connections in Autism, Schizophrenia, and Depression explores this topic for a general audience. And Professor Patterson, we're very pleased to welcome you today to the Grox Science Show. Thanks very much for having me. Certainly our pleasure, and certainly a fascinating book you've written here uh, entitled Infectious Behavior, which you explore the uh, connections between the brain and the immune system. I'm curious, how did you become interested in this line of research? I originally got into this from studies of developmental neurobiology, the development of the brain, and we uncovered a protein that was affecting development of cells in cell culture, and it turned out to be a cytokine. These are small proteins that are used by the immune system, and we found that they're also used by the brain. The normal ongoing function of the brain during development and during adulthood So there was a sharing of these cytokine proteins in both the immune system and the brain, and we thought that could be a place where the two systems could meet. That is, they they could signal each other using these cytokine proteins. In more recent years, I got interested in schizophrenia and autism because 
I've been giving lectures for quite a while on mental illness to students, and I thought there was a need for better animal models, mouse models of these diseases. And so I looked into the epidemiology and found that maternal infection, infection during pregnancy, increases the risk for schizophrenia and autism in the offspring. So we went on and developed a mouse model based on those human findings. Was it difficult to develop animal model of diseases which are largely based on patterns of human behavior, if you Right. Yeah, that's a big, big issue. And are there, the question is, are there behaviors in mice that are the parallel things that are seen in human disorders? And we think that there are. So, for instance, we published a paper recently on the offspring of pregnant mice who were given an immune stimulation during pregnancy. And these offspring display the cardinal features of autism, uh, such as uh, deficits in social interaction, deficits in communication, and increases in stereotyped or repetitive behaviors. They also have neuropathology, which is very uh, consistent with things that are often seen in human autism brains. Similarly, with uh, schizophrenia, the offspring of immune-activated mothers display some behavioral features of schizophrenia, such as enhanced response to hallucinogenic drugs. That's, that's something that's commonly seen in schizophrenia. And they have social deficits and a number of other behavioral abnormalities that are seen with human schizophrenics. So it is possible to look at behaviors that are related between the two species. So what now is the research uh, telling you about how the immune system and the brain are interacting, especially in the cases of pregnant mothers and how it might lead to mental illnesses? Yeah, the, the, the sort of mechanistic question, how does the mother's immune system alter fetal brain development is something we're actively working on. So one finding of interest is that when the mother is infected, or any of us humans are infected with any kind of virus or bacteria, we mount an immune response, an inflammatory response, which is usually, of course, very effective in eliminating those pathogens. And one important feature of this immune response is the production of particular cytokines, these small proteins that are used by immune cells to fight infection. And we found that when the pregnant animal produces these cytokines to fight the infection, these cytokines can act on uh, the placenta and induce further cytokine responses in the placenta itself. And that ends up altering the endocrine or hormonal function of the placenta. And we think that has consequences for uh, fetal development. In addition, the cytokines can induce further cytokine responses in the fetal brain itself. So the fetus is sitting there and gets stimulated and it starts producing its own cytokines in the brain. And this continues through fetal development right into the first week or so of postnatal development as well. And we think that those cytokine, abnormal cytokines are having an effect on the brain's function and having an effect on the development of the circuits, uh, the wiring of the brain. This can have lasting consequences. And it's worth noting that uh, abnormal cytokines are also found in the brains, postmortem brains uh, that people have studied of both autistic and schizophrenic subjects. So you can find some dramatic changes in cytokines. These are in not only in adults that have these disorders, but also in young children who died of other consequences in autism. And moreover, 
a study out of Johns Hopkins Medical School reported that there are cytokine abnormalities in the cerebral spinal fluid, that is the fluid that bathes the brain in living autistic individuals. So we think that those cytokine changes living subjects could have ongoing acute effects on their behavior. So uh, that's something we see with uh, mice, that if you inject them with cytokines, that that definitely has uh, dramatic effects on behavior. So do these cytokines then attack uh, the nervous tissue uh, specifically? Well, I think there's two kinds of effects that they have. One is that they stimulate neurons to be more active in certain cases, so it can change the firing pattern of the circuits in the brain. And another thing that they do is that they activate certain cells in the brain called microglial cells, and these are the brain's own immune cells, if you will. They're analogous to another class of cells in the immune system. And when you activate these microglial cells, that, that activates other signaling pathways, and those can dramatically affect the firing pattern of neurons as well. And by the way, Microglial numbers and activation patterns are also seen in the brains of um, cytokines can activate cells in the brain called microglial cells. These are the brain's own immune-type cells. <clears throat> when they activate the microglia, that this causes signaling changes in the, in the neurons of the brain, the nerve cells of the brain, and changes their firing patterns. And importantly, changes in microglia have also been found in post-mortem brains of autistic subjects of various ages from childhood through adults. So it's a, a strong parallel there between human autism and in the mouse studies. When a mother's pregnant, it is sort of a foreign body. And how does the body in it keep the fetus separate from attack from the immune system? Yeah, that's a fascinating problem that's been around for uh, several decades. Of course, the half of the genes that the fetus gets come from the father. And the father, of course, is very different in his immune system compared to the mother. And so you would expect that the fetus would be rejected by the mother. And I take this up in, the, in my book uh, in a chapter called Brain Immune Connections. So there is a real um, battle that goes on when the, the fetus invades the mother. So the fertilized egg implants in the uh, uh, uterus and um, takes over part of the mother's circulation. And that's how the, the growing fetus will survive, of course. And there's a kind of barrier that's formed there and that in some sense protects the fetus. But also there's a, a partial immune suppression that goes on in the placenta that protects the fetus. So the, mother, the mother's own immune system is partially suppressed during parts of pregnancy. And that's pretty well known, for instance, in pregnant women who have multiple sclerosis. That's an autoimmune disease. And it's been shown that women who get pregnant and have MS, that their uh, symptoms, the MS symptoms, go down during pregnancy delivered and the autoimmune system, then uh, the autoimmune problems come back dramatically. So there is this suppression that people think uh, helps protect the fetus. 
So maybe just to close, uh, there's obviously a growing concern with vaccinations and their influence in causing some of these diseases, in particular autism. Well, I'm just wondering if maybe you can comment on that. Yeah, I have a chapter in the book on, on that, and there's two different, quite different issues. One is vaccination of uh, infants, that is postnatal vaccinations in early childhood, and the other one is vaccination of pregnant women while they're pregnant. So in the first case, uh, childhood vaccinations, there's been multiple epidemiological studies uh, around the world that have looked at, looked for connections with autism and have failed to find such connections. So the existing evidence, all of the existing evidence from epidemiology, it comes up negative. Uh, of course, it's also possible that a small percentage of autistic uh, cases may have been caused by a stimulation of vaccinations that weren't detected in these large studies. See in America recommends strongly that women get vaccinated if they haven't been vaccinated before for uh, flu, for instance. And of course, you have to be vaccinated every year for flu because the virus changes every year. And if a woman was not vaccinated prior to getting pregnant and, and then she finds she's pregnant, the question is, should she get vaccinated? And the CDC strongly recommends that she should because getting a severe case of the flu while pregnant is not a good thing for the mother or the fetus. On the other hand, it's also true that in the animal studies, stimulating the immune system artificially causes uh, the offspring to develop behaviors that resemble these mental disorders, similar to what you would see if you had, if the, if the animal, if the pregnant mouse had gotten the flu. So in other words, stimulating the immune system, which of course vaccination does, is a potential risk. Although stimulating the immune system with vaccination is, is much less of a stimulation than if you had actually gotten the infection. So I believe as I discuss in the book in detail, that this it's a question that every woman has to consider during pregnancy is whether to get vaccinated or not. And I think women ought to read and inform themselves on the issue and discuss it with their doctor. Okay. And so you close the book with a chapter uh, entitled Reasons for Optimism, whether um, such an understanding might lead to uh, treatments for preventing or reversing mental disorders. Yeah, I think there's a lot of reason for hope. And it's, it's actually very surprising. That is, if these disorders, schizophrenia and autism, as we believe, have their origins in early development, some kind of change in the wiring pattern of the brain in early development, how could you expect to intervene uh, later on successfully. But what has been shown in a number of, hum of uh, animal studies now of, of various mouse models, of, particularly of genetic mo uh, models, uh, such as Rett syndrome and Fragile X, tuberous sclerosis and uh, neurofibromatosis, these are all genetic diseases caused by mutations that have, that the, the patients exhibit some features of autism. So in these mouse models, it's possible to put the mutated human gene into the mouse, and these mouse models display behaviors that resemble some of the kinds of things you might see in autism. But what's interesting is that, for instance, in the Rett syndrome model, uh, it's been shown that if you inject the mouse with a particular uh, growth factor, this is postnatally now, even in um, older animals, even in mature animals, you can see positive effects on behavior. And those 
results have now been uh, taken into clinical studies. There's several clinical studies now in human Rett syndrome patients using this growth factor. So we'll see what happens. Similarly, with Fragile X, another genetic model that has features of autism. Uh, people have shown in mouse models that you can intervene in postnatal uh, offspring and change, if you change the excitation and inhibition balance, that is the, the firing uh, balance, the threshold for firing of the neurons, uh, if you change that balance pharmacologically with drugs, you can change, uh, you can normalize some of the behaviors in those uh, offspring. And so that is also being taken by several uh, pharmaceutical companies into clinical trials in Fragile X patients. So the amazing thing is that, that these interventions are having a positive effect on behaviors, even though we believe that the uh, wiring diagram of the, of the brain was altered during development. So this is, I think, a real reason for hope in these disorders. The uh, new book is called Infectious Behavior, Brain Immune Connections in Autism, Schizophrenia, and Depression. And uh, Professor Patterson, we want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. My pleasure. Thanks very much. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.